it's a pretty rare thing indeed for a grown-up to see a fairy. This week on the podcast, Lynn Reed Banks, the Fairy Rebel. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up Bookish. That's the podcast where we reread books from our youth and see how we like them now as full-grown, mostly adults. I'm one of your hosts, Emma. I am your other host, Allison. Today, we are reading one of Emma's favorite books from her youth, The Fairy Rebel, by Lynn Reed Banks. That is the author that wrote The Indian in the Cupboard, which I liked, but Emma did not like. Uh, Yeah, I wasn't a fan (laughs) of it. I think mostly because I felt like it was, I don't know, coming of age story for a boy kind of Uh in a way and I don't I just I don't know I couldn't connect with it but give me fairies absolutely the difference is is that I also read this as a as a kid my mother read it to me oh cool and I don't remember I remember particularly that she used to read me like a chapter or two a night and like all of these chapters ended on some kind of cliffhanger and so like every (laughs) night I was like mom (laughs) I was like you gotta keep going and she's like no it's time for bed what torture (laughs) yeah it it was kind of torture uh so I I do remember that part of it but other than that there's only bits and pieces that I remember the one thing that stood out in my mind growing up reading this was birthday presents which of course we'll get to but birthday presents definitely stuck out of mind I carried that memory up until adulthood really see yes. that's not the parts that I remember <laughs> there were a couple things and I'll mention them when we get to them in the book that I, that stood out that when I was reading them I was like yeah that <laughs> and I did realize as I was reading it that I remembered more as it was coming to me but I only read this book one time I only read it one time as yeah well. so it's unlike our last book that we read that I had read like a million <laughs> times uh this one it was like reading it for the first time again but then having like that vague like feeling in the back of my head that I'm like I remember this this is all familiar to yeah. me um, well it's a very short book it's about 117 pages I felt it was very easy and simple yeah. to read exactly. you didn't have to imagine a lot while reading it no there wasn't any crazy like black void space with <laughs> right. with our last book right. that we had to come up with no it's very it's written very for children simple. yeah definitely written for children it was uh written in 1985 i mm-hmm. think yep. um and then the indian in the cupboard came out in 1986 oh so this was first mm-hmm. interesting but you know as a selling point of course they're like they've got to slap it on the front of the book that indian written. in the cupboard because i think she was more well known for that yes that one made, was made into a movie, but what was Fairy Rebel ever done? Oh, they should do something about it. They could. It would actually be a really cute kids movie, I yeah, think. Yeah, it would. Here's the basic synopsis for The Fairy Rebel. Everyone knows grown-ups never get to see fairies. They don't even believe in them. But one day Jan, a grown-up, was sitting in her garden feeling sad when suddenly she discovered that fairies can be very real and quite extraordinary. Tiki knew that she'd been taking a terrible chance if she defied the fairy queen and used her power to help a human but jan was crying because she wanted so much to have a baby tiki who was the kind of fairy who didn't always obey her queen just had to do something soon jan's dreams come true and she and her husband have a wonderful little baby girl but tiki has angered the queen and now she and her human friends are up against the dark and chilling fury of a leader who will not hesitate to unleash her most terrifying powers against them i had forgotten that this book had pictures I did too. But the, some nice of the pictures surprise. are familiar to me. Yeah. I remember looking at them and being like, ah, oh, I remember this. Uh, especially like the drawing of the fairy queen. Me too. I, I was, was like, like oh, oh, this. Yeah. yeah. Like I must have like probably when my mom read it to me, be like, show me the picture, mom. And <laughs> then I stared at it for a long time. I just, I'm imagining that's what I did. 
The other thing that's interesting about this book before we start is that it's in third person omniscient perspective, which is not. Oh, which is <laughs> oh lord i'm just like oh my gosh those those words I haven't third those person omniscient <laughs> perspective which not a lot of books are written in that perspective i haven't read one in a really long time really yeah okay and that basically it for those of you that aren't giant yes, nerds, refresh refresh my memory please it's basically like third person obviously is that you're not inside someone's head there's no eyes it's always like they and she and whatever but omniscient means that you can see into the minds of all the characters. Okay. So if they are like, you know, Jan feels this and Tiki feels this, then, you know, our narrator, whoever it is, can feel and see all of their thoughts. And so I I guess it's maybe a popular perspective to do children's books in, but these days almost everything is first person. Really? Yeah. It's always I. Even in, even in like the children's genre well, I don't <laughs> to be honest <laughs> Do I don't I don't really read children's <laughs> books now I read I guess a young adult is the furthest I'll go yeah unless you count like Harry Potter but Harry Potter is third person but it's not omniscient because you only see into Harry's thoughts that's true you never see Hermione's thoughts or anything else so I think that's third person limited I don't know what that they, sounds good <laughs> I'm not sure what they call it but it's not omniscient because you yeah. can't see everything yeah you see only what Harry thinks or whatever so anyway Nerd. Cool. Nerd yeah. talk. That's all right. I love it. I'll stop being a nerd. Let's get started. Well, I want to talk about the cover of the books, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a book cover nerd, no, I guess. And I love the book cover of this. Yeah. Well, I like the old one. Yes. The new one they have is... No, the new one's really weird looking. It's it like is. kind of like... I guess that's supposed to be the fairy queen on the front. Yes. And it's kind of green. Got some characters in front of her and looking kind of menacing but at the same time i don't know i just no i don't like it It doesn't draw me in the one that we had yes you have one of the main characters on the front and she's surrounded by fairies and she's in this beautiful cute little yellow dress yep and there's uh and she's really cute and the fairies are all cute and like have flowers in their hair and Mm -hmm. they definitely don't look like what the fairies in the book are described as yeah um but they look like beautiful fairies, what some little girl would love. Yes, which I'm like, They're oh, like, I love this beautiful, pretty fairies. Yeah, yeah the flowers and blonde hair and whatever. Well, unfortunately, I could not find my my original copy at home. It's oh, in a no. box somewhere, and I don't know where that box is. So, so I you had, had to, to get do the, the Kindle version. The Kindle. That's yeah. what I did too, because I'm pretty sure I don't have the original version anymore. It probably got thrown away or given <gasps> away. I don't know. I really don't know. Chapter one is called Earthed. Yes. Yeah, so the book is divided into two parts. The first mm-hmm. one is, yeah, I like all the titles that she gives. They're yeah. really cool. It's called Earthed. And we are introduced to the main characters of the book. Um, we're given a description of Bendy, who is. Right. They, yeah, the book starts talking about Bendy, but then is like, that story's told later. Right. It's like <laughs> just this little paragraph about yeah. this person named Bendy. Yeah. But then to understand Bindi, you have to know her, her father parents. and her mother. So it's like, but now we've got to go back in time. <laughs> so part one of the book is basically about her parents. Right. Yeah. And we have Jan. Jan, who's who a was, former actress. Yes, and a, a lamp fell on her leg yep. and injured and, her permanently. Yep. So she, now she's got like a limp and she can't act anymore. So, and and while she's recovering, she meets a doctor named Charlie. Yeah. That's how they met. They fell in love, yep. got married. Yep. Had a, you know, bought a house in the country. Nice little garden. Got a great garden. But Jan doesn't really do anything. <laughs> she does them, and she starts getting sad. Yeah, yeah. But that's what happens when you sit around and you don't do things. Yeah, like you got. She doesn't have a job or anything, so she's just kind of like sad and lonely. So she is in the garden one day, and she sees a fairy. 
It doesn't oh, take long for the fairies to show up. No, it doesn't. There you go. The, the action Immediate has started. Action. Yep. So they tell you that, like, fairies are invisible unless they touch a human, whether it's on purpose or on accident. So we're led to believe that there's fairies everywhere. Right. Pretty much. And that, uh, you know, Jan sees one when one accidentally lands on her. Yes. She was playing a game and got stuck in her toe. Yep. <laughs> and now she's visible and earthed. Yep. She's trapped kind of i have to mention and i don't know how i feel about this that every female character in this book is described as fat <laughs> chubby yeah because they describe bindi as chubby they describe jan as chubby they describe the fairy it's, that we just met as chubby that's true and i'm just like what is going on here i don't know why is that their defining characteristic i have no idea is this that's a good relatable? point maybe that's a good point i've never I, really thought about they that don't, I'm like, they don't mention charlie's weight well yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> or the other male fairy that we meet later. No, nobody else gets mentioned. It's but only the women's yeah. weight. Huh, that's an interesting thing. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> Why is that? 1985. I guess so. So Jan and the fairy meet, and I wanted to read a description of the fairy. The fairy was such a sweet little thing. She wasn't specifically beautiful. Not all fairies are beautiful any more than all people. This one, just like Jan, was rather fat. Yep. So there it is. <laughs> she had a round little face and pale pink hair, which glistened in the sunlight. Her wings were neither long nor graceful, but short, but rather short and stumpy, and covered with furry stuff like a moth's wings. But they were a lovely color, a sort of pinky lavender. But the most utterly astonishing thing to Jan, apart from her being there at all, was her clothes. She was wearing a full floaty top, which seemed to be made of tiny petals all stuck together. That was quite fairy-like, but her legs were covered with what looked like a a minute pair of blue jeans and these were definitely not fairy like at all <laughs> Ta-da! Nope. and i love that little description of her that, yeah so this is tiki yeah and then we actually don't hear her name for chapters really yeah oh my gosh yeah they like I've, in my notes i'm just calling her the fairy up until like i think it's not until they meet her friend uh Wizik, who she does mention at the very beginning like tiki mentions her friend in passing that they were playing a game and that's why they Got, that's why she got stuck. And also that her friend said she's too fat for the jeans. That's right. Which I'm like, uh, <laughs> dump that friend immediately. But anyway, yeah, they never say her name. Not no, for a they while. say the fairy. Yeah, for a while. So uh, Jan doesn't think to ask her name, but, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess that probably wouldn't be the first thought on my mind either if I saw a fairy. What's your name, fairy? I don't name? know. I think I probably would. Oh, yeah. But Jan doesn't. Like you introduce yourself. Oh. Hi, I'm Jan. What is your name? Yeah. So we find out she's Earth. It's what happens when fairies touch humans. Yep. And she figures she can't fly away because Jan is a grown-up, and grown-ups don't believe in fairies. Right. And that belief is so much stronger than right. a child's. But Jan's like, uh, I see you. I believe in you. You're fine. And, and then she just... And then she flies away. Flies. Chapter two is called Petals and Feathers. The chapter starts with Jan telling Charlie about the fairy, but he doesn't believe her. Of course he doesn't believe her. Of course he doesn't. I mean, I don't know if I would believe you if you were like, I saw a fairy. And no, be like, you wouldn't. No. You don't believe me about ghosts. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Sorry. I guess I'm Charlie in this story. I'm stupid, un- unimaginative Charlie. <laughs> You're down to earth and making money. It's okay. <laughs> right. So she tells him that she's seen a fairy and he doesn't believe her, thinks she might be unwell and that maybe they should go on a holiday. Yeah. She should have gone on that holiday. <laughs> What happens then is she tries to go out into the garden and call the fairy. And I don't think the fairy comes right away, but eventually she shows up and she's all upset because she's like, you're not supposed to call me. 
you know, if you call me, then, you know, the queen will find out and I'll get in trouble. Jan asks Tiki about, you know, fairy life and what fairies are like. And then she asks them about families. And that's how they get on the conversation of babies. And do you have families? Families? Yes, mothers and husbands and brothers and sisters and and babies. Of course we have babies, said the fairy carelessly. I don't think I know about the other things you said. How can there be babies without mothers? The fairy shrugged her little fat shoulders. Fat. Fat! She was, li- she was lying against Jan's bent fingers with her hands behind her pink fluffy head. Well, how do you get the babies? asked Jan. The fairy giggled. <laughs> From eggs, she said. Like a bird? No. The fairy opened her eyes, sat up, and looked round. Then she crawled to the other end of Jan's hand and beckoned her closer. It's supposed to be a secret, she said. But I found out she makes them, the queen. And when she thinks you're ready, she sends you one. You wake up one day and you find it there. Then you have to pretend to think that it's an ordinary egg and you put it in an acorn and take the top off as if you were going to eat it. Only you take the top off very carefully, of course. And then there's the baby curled up inside. And you have to say, good gracious me, if it isn't a baby, as if you had never even suspected. That's what she likes. So everybody does it to please her. We love her, she added in that strangely loud voice as if she wanted someone to hear. Have you got one? Me? No, I'm not ready yet. Please pass me a nasturium. I'm thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how babies happen in the fairy world. You're given a little egg. The queen decides they're ready and then they have them. So And somehow, yeah, somehow the queen makes them. We don't know how. Nope. (laughs) But they come in an egg. And this is where Jan Jan tells the fairy that she wants a baby, but she can't have one. Because Tiki's like, just have your queen send you one. And Jan's like, nah, it doesn't work that way. That's not how it works here. She's like, I've tried. I can't have a baby. Uh, And the fairy feels sad for Jan and asks her to describe what kind of baby she wants. Yes. And I have that passage. (laughs) Yes, do it. Because it's in good detail. Yes, it is. So Jan sighed very deeply and said, I want a baby. I want a girl baby. She doesn't have to be very beautiful or very clever, just a nice, normal, ordinary baby. I want her to have soft brown hair like a bird's feathers and skin like rose petals and eyes like Charlie's, brownie green and beautiful hands with nails sh- shaped like almonds and little fat feet. Um, I find it interesting that Jan describes, you know, like really specific physical traits of the baby she wants. Like the almond-shaped fingernails? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then she's just like, I don't really care about her personality or intelligence or anything. She's like, yeah, just Just normal. Just just normal. Ordinary. Let's not make her special, but I'm really specific about what I want her to look like. (laughs) And that becomes a theme in the rest of the book, which is kind of annoying. (laughs) Chapter three is called A Funny Feeling. So yeah, it's called The Funny Feeling because A Funny Feeling starts to happen and i don't know if i just totally did not catch on to this as a kid but as an adult i really didn't catch on to this because i still had in my mind i guess a kind of thumbelina type of story or an egg story but the funny feeling is that jan is pregnant yeah i did not think that the baby was gonna happen in her body oh you thought she was gonna get an egg I don't know. wait did you think that reading it now too yes oh Yes, because I'm like, what is this funny feeling? I don't understand. Like, when is the baby coming? Like, she was going to be delivered in like... <laughs> in an egg on a, on on a rose egg, petal? Or like... No. And somehow, like, want to get 100 times her size or... I don't know. 
I was I was totally confused. I'll admit when I was reading this, I was totally confused about what this funny feeling was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where is the baby? No, it's in her belly. <laughs> it's in her it, belly. That's, it's called because, pregnancy. Because she tells, she does tell Charlie finally that she's she's kind of feeling funny and he does check her out. So the doctor checks her out and he says, yes, I think you might be pregnant. Right. So. Right. While this is all happening, she tries to go see the fairy again, but the fairy doesn't come for a pretty long time until one day she shows up randomly and asks her to clarify about the appearance of the baby. Right. And she's like, you wanted blue hair, right? And Chan's like, what? No, no, no. no. I didn't say anything about blue. I want, Nothing blue. Yeah, brown everything or something like that. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll fix it. And she leaves. So now Jan's like, uh. Super worried. Super worried. Super worried about how her... And so that that's when she tells Charlie about it. And she... Charlie's like, yeah, you're pregnant. But he doesn't really believe the fairy stuff. But when Jan tells her that she thinks their baby might have blue hair, he takes it super seriously. Oh, yeah. He freaks out. Like, like it's the worst thing to ever freaking happen. Right. He's like, yeah, I don't believe in this fairy stuff, but wait, blue hair? Please tell me my kid's <laughs> not going to have blue hair. Because, like, uh, that would be the worst thing ever. And I'm like, dude, chill. You, yeah you yeah. can you can fix that yeah, yeah. you can fix that. you can dye hair uh i it's do not wonder the the world i i had written a note saying is was this book updated and the reason i ask is because jan makes mention of how like kids dye their hair funny colors all the time these days but i'm pretty sure they didn't in 1985 um they may have I don't know. I don't well, remember seeing is, anyone with blue hair well, or anything this was until... Well, this is set in London. It is, so, so there is punk yeah. stuff. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. They, I think they have more exposure to that Maybe. at that time period. I don't know. I was But just yeah, I did like, like it that she mentioned that, oh, well, you know, yeah. a few young, a lot of young humans do it these days, yeah. so... <laughs> Not like infants, though. No. But but still, Charlie Charl- doesn't care about anything about just make sure my kid doesn't have blue hair. <laughs> Good old dad. Good old dad. At the end of the chapter, I kind of can't tell whether or not Charlie believes her. Because when they're talking about the fairy and how young the fairy is, he says something like, does she even have enough magic to make us a baby at all? So I How would like he even of, know that? I, <laughs> like, right? is that really what you would think? That's what he does in his hobby. He studies fairy lore. And <laughs> yeah, all right. So he knows that young fairies don't have as much power as old fairies. Right. So I feel like he's kind of still questioning, even though, you know, as a doctor, his professional opinion is that <laughs> his wife is pregnant. Yeah. But then he's like, could she really make a baby at all? So maybe he's thinking like, oh, he did it. Like, yeah, we got pregnant. Oh, he's try- he wants to be a man <laughs> maybe that's and be it like, it's, it was me. It was my seed. <laughs> Gross. Now I'm thinking about it all gross. No, no, sorry. I'm wondering too, like, what do you think their ages are? I kind of couldn't tell. Do you think they're in their 30s? I couldn't really tell what their I age. I have no idea. And I wasn't thinking about okay, it. Okay, so that was know. one thing but I was But I mean, he, if he's like. An established doctor, an it established sounds like. established doctor sounds like you might be like early 30s. Okay. But that was pretty old to have kids back in the it early was. 80s. Yes, it was. So maybe they're in their 20s. I don't, I don't know. know. I just, we'll never know. <laughs> Time passes and Jan hasn't seen the fairy. That's right. And, she uh, goes out every single day and yep. gets sick. And her husband's yep. like, you can't go outside. Because yep, she's pregnant. But she goes out into the snowy garden one day and sees a red rose. Which is which, unusual because yep. it's winter. Yep. She picks it, brings it inside. And yep. inside she finds a little elf with wings. Which yeah. I thought was unusual. Do so, elves have wings? I mean, I guess if we're thinking of like Lord of the Rings elves, definitely not. If yes. we're thinking of, you know, Forbidden Game Dark Elves, definitely not. <laughs> but these are obviously like pixie elves. But yeah. I've n- still never thought about 
even those kind of elves having having wings. wings. I, I haven't thought that either. So what makes them different than fairies then? I don't know. They never differentiate that because they're both they don't. Like, small. They both have the same kind of magic, and they both have wings. Because at least they do mention like gnomes at one point, and those like they can't they don't fly. Have wings. Yeah, but like seems like elves and fairies are the same, except that every male we see is an elf. And every fairy we see is a female, so I wonder if they're using it like that. Maybe. But this is Widgic. Yes, this is the friend that she mentioned at the beginning who called her fat in her jeans. <laughs> yeah, so I don't you know, know if I like this guy. Good friend. I literally wrote down, this is my note. Jan introduces them, and the elf says he knows her because he's Tiki's friend Widgic, the fat shamer. <laughs> I wrote down Widgic. He's the, the fat, fat shamer. <laughs> because that's what he did. Um, but Wizik actually has like an interesting personality because he wants to be a human apparently because he he doesn't like it that they're all forced to eat like nothing but sweet things. He wants to eat uh, salty, savory things. That's right. I'm with you, Wizik. I like savory things too. Mm, I'm more the sweets. Yeah. But yes, um, when he changes his clothes, that was another thing that they mentioned in the book about what, what fairies can do with their magic is yeah. that they change their clothes, which... Which I wish I could do. I wish I could, too. Just change my I know, clothes into I know when I was little, that when I was reading that, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's Wouldn't the coolest so thing cool? ever. Yeah, you don't have to buy anything. You just imagine it, and there it is. And he switches his clothes into a schoolboy getup. Yep. Talking about how fun it would be... To be a human. To be a human and yeah. wake up and, and do ordinary yeah. things. go to school. <laughs> I was like, you should have some bigger ambitions there, Wizik, but whatever. That's what he's interested in. That's okay. That's okay. But he does tell him he likes uh, human food, and so they feed him some. They take him inside, despite him being like, nah, I can't do that. I'm not supposed to, like, get involved with the humans. Oh, you have food? Okay. Yeah. He tries, what, toast and eggs? Eggs and, and some other stuff. I, I don't remember exactly what, but he eats a bunch of food and then they're like hey uh we need a favor we need you to send a message to tiki yep asking of course about the blue hair yeah whether or not she fixed the nuisance yeah. they're not worried because... about her well-being or anything <laughs> no they're like just i haven't like... seen her in a couple of days yeah. uh... make sure my baby is not gonna have blue hair can you make sure please write down no blue hair repeat after me no blue hair <laughs> that's all they care about yeah that's literally all they care and he's like yeah all right and so that was the end of that chapter. Just basically meet and Wizik. Chapter five is called The Queen's Rules. So this is where Wizik comes back mm -hmm. to see Jan and Charlie, basically to tell them that he hasn't been able to find Tiki. Yeah. To give her the message. So now so they kind of like, worrying. Yeah. Well, I feel like he's kind of like, well, maybe she flew south. Yeah, he doesn't um, seem that worried. But what's mm -hmm. funny is he's like, He's like, she could have you know, gone on vacation or whatever, or she might be trapped <laughs> by the queen in a wasp nest. Yes, it's either she's gone south or she's dead. Yeah. Of course they die, said Widget with his mouth full. What do you think makes all the dust you have to wipe off your furniture? That's dead fairy dust. If fairies never died, there'd be so many of us, you wouldn't be able to move. Like, oh, God. So all of our <laughs> dust is dead fairies <laughs> so we're we're sitting on the corpses of dead fairies that's right cool that's right cool. we've got to sweep it up and Think clean about it up that. every day that's yeah. so sad it's like graveyard you're like that just means how many freaking fairies are just around all the time and they just yeah although that doesn't make any sense because they say they don't want to go inside houses but yet all the dust is inside the house how do they get inside the house i don't know they go in the houses. they do 
they're they're full of crap. I do think it's kind of strange how uh, casually Wizzix's like, yep, she might be dead. And they're like, what, dead? And he's like, yeah, you know, the queen likes to trap people that disobey her in wasp nests and, like, leave them in there and, like, forget about <laughs> yeah. them. And then, like, you know, they get eaten by wasps or whatever. Something, yeah. You know, just, you know, whatever. Um, so then after he tells them this, he just tries to leave. But uh, Charlie's like, wait, I got to know about the blue hair. You <laughs> can't, let, you can't go let it go of the blue hair. So he traps Wizzix and... He's like, no, you got to tell us more about this. So he he tells him in great detail the queen's methods, and they they try to convince him to help him find the wasp nest. And he's like, no, I'm afraid of wasps. And then he leaves. That's right, because wasps are crazy. Yeah. Oh, because they have special eyes. Yes. They, they call them quote unquote special eyes, where they can see fairies and elves, unlike you know other. Things I guess bees can too, but bees are nice. Yes, he said that you can you can reason with bees. Yeah. Like I'll be over in this flower, yeah. you can take that one. But wasps are crazy, yeah. and they just they'll sting you over and yeah. over. So. And I mean that's true to real life. I mean it is wasps. Are I can't crazy. stand wasps. No, me neither. They're, then they do. I don't know anybody that really likes them, but oh, well, the queen, the fairy queen. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then the next chapter is titled "The Wasp's Nest." Yep. So we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. Guess where we're going to go? We're going to go to a wasp nest. So, <laughs> what, did, what did you write? What did you write? I wrote, Jan's worried about Tiki. Charlie is worried about blue hair and being a selfish ass. <laughs> That's, That's what true. I wrote down. That's true. That's all that Jan is yeah. thinking about now is poor little like, Tiki. Because she's like, poor Tiki. And he's like, what about my kid's blue hair? <laughs> I'm a doctor in this community and how dare she? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, get over Bring it. disgrace to this family with Jeez. her blue hair. Ugh. But uh, Wizzik does reappear and says that he found Tiki, or he had help finding Tiki. I think he got help from some gnomes or something. I don't know. I didn't write that part. Yeah, I think he asked. He asked around quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. So. so he did do what he was asked, even though he'd said he wouldn't. Um, so he leads him to where she is. It's like a tree surrounded by oh. a bunch of blackberry bushes. Oh yes, blackberry bushes, mm-hmm. and the nest is on like the highest branch, mm-hmm. and there's this magical ice that's yep. covered on the limb. So you know that that queen's that making queen sure. is serious. Yeah, she's serious about this. And I feel like all of that is done because she knows that Tiki helped humans. Yeah. And that if the humans try to find her, she's got to, like, you know, yeah. as many traps as she can. Got to make sure the humans She's serious business. Them. Oh, yeah. But they try to release her anyway, and Wizzik does help them with magic, even though he doesn't really want to, um, because he's paranoid, you know, the queen will find out. Oh, she's going to find out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he helps Charlie climb up the icy tree, but then he kind of flips out because he's like, oh my God, I helped you. And then he disappears. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm done. He disappears just in time for the wasps to, to show, show up. up. That's right. Yep. We have a swarm of wasps coming. Mm-hmm. So Charlie throws the nest down. Jan catches it. And initially I thought she was going to like run to the car because they had to drive to where they got. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was going to run to the car and maybe not leave Charlie there, but get in the car and like roll up the windows lock the doors the wasp can't get in the oh, car no she left but she, she didn't leave charlie <laughs> she there. didn't you thought she would yes oh. but she didn't no instead she ripped open the nest to get tiki out yep and i think the wasps were descending at that point right. and tiki shouts some magic spell i didn't F- write it Philip, down it's philomese 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 that sounds like Italian. Filamese. <laughs> Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Yeah. Um, which essentially strips the power, strips the magic from the wasps. Yep. The wasps don't, 
don't necessarily have any magic and tiki doesn't really either but she's got enough she's got enough to strip it because when they're put in the nest their magic is cut off like the queen cuts their magic off right but if she forgets about you then you kind of still you can grow the magic grow the magic yeah so the wasps drop off everyone's safe they go home and uh Jan and Charlie are worrying about, you know, what the queen will think about what they've done as they drive away. And that's the end of that chapter. Yes. Well, we all know that she's not going to like it. Nope. Chapter 7 is called Sugar Tears, and it's a pretty short chapter. They go back to the house, and Tiki explains that, you know, yeah, she was punished for helping Jan grow a baby. In her belly, not in an egg. Nope, (laughs) not in an egg. A real baby. And she explains the whole concept of borrowing magic. Yes. So... It's really interesting because she Jan's like, well, how did you have enough magic to create it? Because she's like, you know, most people don't have the magic to do it. But she essentially, Tiki went around to all her friends and is like, can I have a little of your magic? And she borrows a little by little from everybody till she has enough magic to give Jan a baby, which is a really nice thing to do. It's a very nice thing to do. And, yeah. I, and I'm, I guess I'm hoping that she didn't tell them what she was using it for. Because then that would allow for a lot of people to know what she was doing. I but think, I don't think no, she, she didn't. She didn't I, they it. said that she told them she wanted to go south or something. Like it was for a vacation, mm. not for whatever. Oh wait, but she did say that the older she said the older fairies did warn me. They said I oughtn't to mix in it. That it was none of my business. Oh well, maybe so. I'm maybe wrong she then. did tell people, but you know she's kind of naive and trusting. She's young, but I'm like, crap, girl, don't tell everybody what you're doing. Charlie does ask her about the stupid hair color. Because <laughs> he can't let that go. He's like, uh, what about the hair? And <laughs> Like, I know like, you just almost died, yeah, but... But he just can't let it go again. Hmm, said Charlie, pouring the coffee. So, what about her hair? Well, said Tiki. I remembered you said like a bird's feathers, and I could think of so many really pre-colored birds, like blue tits and chaffinches and canaries, not to mention parrots. Parrots? Now, don't worry. I see that was silly. Only I'd used up every bit of magic I could lay my hands on just to get your baby started. To change something after that would have been really tricky and expensive. I was so worried about it for fear that you wouldn't be pleased that I... I... Well, there was only one thing I could do. What? I I asked the queen to fix it for me. She didn't ask the queen directly. No, she went to the Grand Master the Elf. Grand Master Elf, which I imagine looks like a uh, fucking what's his name from Lord of the Rings from the Hobbit? Thoromir? Who? Lee Pace. Oh, okay, yeah. You I'm an absolute horrible and... fan. No, I got to google it. I can't say it wrong. Is it Thranduil? I was getting his name actually Thoromir is Boromir and Thorin mixed together, which are two totally different characters. Wow, you just created a new I character. I created a new Lord of the Rings <laughs> character. No, it's Thranduil. So that's what I imagine the Grandmaster mm. Elf looking like. So uh, I'll take that. I'll take that too. But he's tiny, so you can't have him. <laughs> Sorry. He, he's tiny. He's tiny. Well, so uh, Tiki tells Jan um, and Charlie that the Elf Master said that fairy childs will never be normal. Fairy children will never yes. be normal. And then they talk about Mozart being a fairy child. Which I thought was kind of, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a lame. Really? <laughs> a lame example. I like Mozart, but I'm like, eh. But he was a child prodigy. I know, but I guess I, I wanted like a visual artist, like somebody really kooky. I don't know. I think Mozart's <laughs> fine because he was known for being a literal child prodigy. So how else could a fairy child be other than amazing from the get-go? That's true. Um... 
And so it gave us a clue, too, that there are other fairy children out there, that yep. this is a thing that happens. Yep. So they're not the first. But, but I'm wondering if they did happen under, was the queen ruling at that time? Did they those people say. get punished? I think they were foreign fairies. So maybe she's just... Maybe she's only the queen of this area. <laughs> yeah. They don't. They never talk about like the hierarchy or how the queen no. became the queen or like whether she's the queen of the state or the queen oh. of like all the fairies in London. Okay, what would have been really cool? I'm one of those nerds that I love maps at the oh, beginning of books. Yeah, <laughs> but see that, that that's what adult fantasy books do. They don't really do that. Some, some kids books have those, Maybe and they when do. they did, I loved them. So they should have they should have had like a map in the very beginning of. They should have like the the royal charts of yes! all of oh, the fairies. Yeah. That would have been oh. kind of fun. At the end of the chapter, Tiki asks one favor, and that's that they name the child a fairy name. Bindi. Bindi. That means expensive or a treasure. Yep. Because she cost a, a lot. lot. <laughs> yep. And I kind of love Tiki for coming up with that. Yeah. It's really, name your child it's expensive, because look at all the <laughs> shit I did to make this baby. It's uh, a cute it's a cute <laughs> name too. It is pretty cute. Oh yeah, one thing I forgot to mention. Sorry, when we talked about Mozart it's a genius baby right and charlie says good grief that's all i need a genius for a daughter he just wants a like, normal oh girl that's definitely <laughs> not blue haired and not unique at all and has nothing special why about wouldn't her. you want a genius I, for a daughter i really don't know You're a doctor aren't you into like higher education women aren't supposed to be smart emma <laughs> they're just supposed to look is? pretty but not too pretty not too pretty and kind of fat <laughs> the fatness makes makes it clear that she's not too pretty so she won't get too full of herself but yeah so that ends that first part and yeah. we go into the second part yep which is pretty much after bindi is born because we are now in part two chapter one which is called the blue tuft right and see at this point i'm like when is this egg going to appear <laughs> i swear to god i have no idea why it, I mean, granted, I was reading this kind of late last night, but I'm like, why? Where's the egg? Where's this big egg or or this big? No. I have no idea why I thought that was going to happen. But no. it's She has it's, a normal baby. Well, it says, you know, Ish. oh, how lovely. The roses in the garden are blooming. And then, bing, next yep. morning at 8 a.m., she's got a baby. She's, yep. Which she birthed. She, but it doesn't say anything <laughs> about it. <laughs> At first, they're super... Well, you know, I'm surprised if she's talking about... If she always talks about the weight of people, why she hasn't referenced a baby bump this whole time. There was no talk of a baby bump. I mean, there wasn't. I guess guess she just assumed... I don't know. I guess she assumed that her readers would be smart. (laughs) Smart enough to know that she's having a baby by normal means. Yes. Anyway. So, Bindi is born. Yep. Sea of pink roses in the garden. Bindi's got mostly normal hair, except... There's a tiny blue tuft. Yeah, but it's underneath and they could be hidden. So Charlie's not going to have an aneurysm. He's, he's okay with it. <laughs> he can start worrying about whether or not she's going to be a genius. Right. Um, Jans notices that Tiki has not come to see the baby. But uh, she's not that worried at first because Tiki left a note saying she was going south with Widgick. That's right. So not a big deal. And in the book, they... They illustrate it, and it's really cute. And that it was is. something the I enjoyed note. as a kid. Yeah. yeah, they they illustrated the note that she wrote. Um, Charlie goes outside to pick a pink rose on the day Bindi was born, and that rose stayed alive for a whole year. For a whole year until mm-hmm. her next birthday. Yep, and they don't really mention about the first kind of the first year of her 
being alive because no. that's a whirlwind yeah, and it's just, it's just <laughs> one-year-olds don't do anything <laughs> they do a lot actually it's uh, just well, nothing that nothing anybody that wants to hear. read about we don't want to hear about that i definitely wouldn't want to hear about that <laughs> so they kind of figure out that this rose that stays alive is tiki's birthday present and jan leaves her presence in return mm-hmm. uh, the presents disappear but she never sees tiki but you know, yes, well, them. so the the first rose wilts and dies, and then Charlie goes out into the garden to pick her another one. But when the one that he picks is actually smooth, and it turns out to be a rattle, and that's her first oh, birthday right. present. Right. And then yeah, Jan leaves her a small gift under the pear tree yep. where they first met, mm-hmm. and that kind of continues. Yep. In chapter two, rose presents. They talk about all yeah! the gifts. That was my favorite part. And so every year she gets a special present. Mm -hmm. Her second birthday, she got, it's always rose themed because Tiki is a a rose fairy. A rose fairy. Um, She got a rose balloon. On her third birthday, it was a rose petal. I mean, a rose puzzle. On her fourth birthday, this one was kind of strange. It's it's a longer rose and it has each thorn tells a different story yeah that's the one i like you like that one i like that one cool. i like i liked the next one the fifth birthday is a candy rose oh, <laughs> the one where the petals taste like candy and, and they're they all, all different different they're yeah. all different candies and, then, and, it, and it changes every yep. time but charlie had to hide it yeah so she could eat it <laughs> she he didn't want her to get fat yeah because she and jan would have gotten get, fat. oh make it we can't have fat women in our house I mean, but they're already fat so it doesn't matter <laughs> Her sixth birthday rose had letters on it, so it's kind of like a spelling rose. So she got smart. Oh, no. Better worry. She might be a genius. Toss it out. (laughs) No learning in here, Missy. (laughs) And then her seventh birthday present was a beautiful rose dress that she wore in the school play that she's kind of nervous about. But as soon as she put on that dress, she felt felt like a star. Yep. Yep. But not too much like a star because we can't have. Because she's chubby still. Don't worry about that. She's, She's chubby. By now, Bindi was looking forward to her yearly gifts. And before her eighth birthday, uh, she was trying to, like, guess what was going to be next. Um, So we find out that Jan had told Bindi all about Tiki. Tiki. And so she knows exactly where she came from, um, but was told to keep it a secret and not to boast about it or anything like that. That would be really hard for a kid to do. Uh, Yeah, that would be hard for me, too. I think it'd be hard for any kid because everyone kid every kid wants to be special, so she's gonna be like, Well, uh, well I'm sure her father now you're not that special. Yeah. <laughs> but who she totally would have taken that candy rose to school and like shown it off. That's true. Come on. I would have done that. I think every I don't know kid if I would have, have. Sh- shown it off, but I definitely would have taken it. <laughs> like Yeah. I don't know. But uh but she, I guess she doesn't do that. Yeah, she's really good at obeying her parents and not and being cause, a totally ordinary child. Yeah, not causing a ruckus about the fact that she's actually a fairy child. Yep. However, on Bindi's eighth birthday, there is no present that comes at first. Bindi's upset and she like scours the garden and she's looking for a rose and eventually she does find one, but it's it's growing on the holly bush, mm-hmm. which makes it weird. Makes it very weird. And it's not even a pretty pink. It's nope dried up almost black mm-hmm. with the green star uh with a yellow center that's like all Something, roses have yeah. it's basically talking when they mention the star it's basically talking about how like you know when you peel all the the rose petals off it has What's like left. the little like yeah you know but this one there's something that flashes in this one right? yes yeah yeah 
she, uh, well, Jan notices that it flashes when she takes it, and she feels like it burns her. And oh, so she, yeah. when she holds it, so she drops it on the garden path, and, you know, Charlie tells Don't everyone touch not it. to touch it. And I'm a doctor here. Don't touch yeah. it. <laughs> and so they leave the twig, and Bindi is ordered to go to bed. Chapter three kind of starts out with Jan feeling like something's terrible's happened. And, of course, Charlie's like, it's not our business. We yeah. can't really help with it. Like, yeah. Go on with your womanly worries. Yeah. Like. But he leaves her and goes to work. So Jan's all alone. And that's when she decides to leave a thank you gift, regardless of what happened. Because she's like, well, this is weird. But, you know, I'm going to keep leaving a thank you gift because yeah. that's what I've always done. Um, and as she is leaving the garden, she sees the twig from the night before. So she goes outside to leave her fairy presents like she always does. And she sees the twig and she notices that, that it's glowing. And, and not like in a cool, like, no. rave. In a weird, like, <laughs> ominous kind of way. And as like, she approaches it, she gets, like, an ominous feeling. And so she runs away from it. And that's when she's like, Charlie, get rid of that thing. And he promises to get rid of it. He's like, I'll do it in the morning. Yeah. No, but man. unfortunately, the next morning, uh, Bindi wakes up and tries to go find the twig. Um, it's not there. Uh, she notices that her mom's thank you presents are still there, although, I mean, I guess she knows what they are by now, but she was already in bed when Jan did it, so, but she must have seen it and been like, oh, these are still here. They weren't taken. Yeah, but she did notice some wasp. There was a wasp drinking the honey. There was a wasp drinking the... Drinking the honey that Jan had left for mm. for Tiki. Wasps yep. showing up. We know what that means. Yep. Because Bindi goes inside to have breakfast and she finds wasps in her cereal. Oh, yeah. How terrifying. Super terrifying. <laughs> um, so she runs up to her bedroom in a panic and on her bed pillow. Is the twig. Is the twig. And this is the, the chapter I remember my mom reading to me and she like tried to stop me there. And I was like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> I was like, you cannot stop there. There is a twig on a bed pillow. And this is, for whatever reason, this one part of this book is the one part that always sticks out on me is finding the twig on the pillow. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't know why. Oh, yeah. At the very last sentence of the of yeah. the chapter is lying on her pillow in the dent where her head had been was the rose twig. Exactly. What a terrible spot to try to end that one. Yeah, well, like, it was probably like late. It was probably like past my bedtime. And mom, mom probably already read dare. me like a couple mm-hmm. chapters. And she's like, no, we're done. I don't remember whether I convinced her to read more or not. I just remember being really excited about this part of the story. Yeah. So the next chapter is entitled The Necklace. The Necklace. It, it picks up with Bindi picking up the twig. Mm-hmm. She doesn't tell her parents that she found it, but she has it. Yeah. Uh, she finds a wasp in her toothpaste. Oh, didn't, yeah. Didn't tell her parents about that either. She's just not telling things. Come on now. And then they show Bindi going to school. And when she arrives at school, a friend notices something gold in her pocket. Bindi looked down at the side of her skirt. Dangling from her pocket was something that gleamed. She pulled it out. It was heavy in her hand. She held it out, and Manda gasped, and the others crowded round. Where on earth did you get that? Is it your mother's? It was a gold necklace. Most most of it was gold. It had some dark brown gemstones in it, too. The gold parts were pointed, like little curved knives, or an animal's teeth, or, but that was silly, like big stings. Yes. So did you Pretty like cool. that description? When I, you were I did. I did. I did you it was want a really necklace cool. like that? No. <laughs> okay. No, because like as soon as you know the the kids are like, put it on, put it on, and she doesn't want to, but she feels like 
peer pressure peer pressure yeah. and so like i think the girl like actually forces her to wear oh yeah that's something. right one of the girls takes it and makes yeah, yeah. puts it and on and then her. it says the moment it was on her bindi felt something strange the necklace seemed to cling to her the pointy Ooh. bit stuck into her like sharp claws but oddly enough they didn't hurt they just had the feeling she couldn't take it off again even if she tried terrifying super terrifying i mean she's what eight now yeah i, yeah. I think i would freak freak out yeah if, if something like that happened to me me too and and after she puts the necklace on she just has like a weird day in school like she's uh getting all her math answers wrong <laughs> she's i love i love this description of kind of like what a child that has like poor behavior or kind of like acting out is like yeah she's lazy yep. she's not paying attention in class yep. she faked being ill so she wouldn't have to go to pe yep the kid that usually bullies her at school, Keith, like she's fine with him yeah. being around her. Yeah. Suddenly, she, suddenly she wants to be nice to uh, this Good bully Keith. Keith, but like her friend Manda is like, oh, no, I don't want to hang out with her. And so that after school, like Keith asks her to like, suddenly he wants to be friends with her and he's like, hey, you want to go to the shops? And she's supposed to go home with Manda and her mom, but she lies. She lies to Manda's mom and yep. runs off in the other direction. Yep. She and goes to meet Keith. She knows at this point that, like, the necklace is making her do this kind of stuff, but she... She can't fight she it. She can't fight it, and she also... Part of her feels good about it, too. Yeah, that's true. It's... it's she's She always describes it. Half of her is like, I shouldn't be doing this. The other half is like, yeah, let's do this. Which Keith I, is a total delinquent. He is a delinquent. Yep. And that's one of the words I use. Delinquent. Yep, delinquent. And he convinces her to... Well, he teaches her how he steals stuff. Yes. Because he's candy. like, I'm going to steal this candy bar. And then he's like, let me show you how to do it. And he shows him and he gets caught. Because apparently he's not a good thief. No, he's not. No. But <laughs> while he's getting caught and like fighting with the store owner, Bindi just steals everything. Yes, she does. Yep. <laughs> steals a bunch of candy. <sighs> and she's being a dirty thief. And that's the end of that chapter. Yeah. I feel like the the struggle that she's going through is, is something typical of an eight-year-old, even if you're not wearing a necklace. I mean... I don't know. I never wanted to steal things. I never did either. <laughs> but there were there were a few moments in my life where I didn't make the best decisions. Like, um, I snuck into a closet where I knew my mom was hiding Christmas gifts. Oh, I've done that before. And I saw every single one of them. Yeah. And I cried myself to sleep that night. Oh, really? And I told my mom the very next day. I was Shoot, so I did that, ashamed. but I, didn't, I was not ashamed. Oh, my God. I did it, and I was just, like, excited oh. about it. Oh, I knew it was going to break my mom's heart. Because then she... why'd you tell her? Because I couldn't <laughs> live with that guilt. I could oh, not I live with that guilt. guilt. It was just Christmas gifts. <laughs> I felt like my mom put so much time into it, mm. and I don't know. I, I guess you're a better right kid than me, because I'm... I did that, but I didn't feel bad. Um, and there was this, oh, there was one time where I sang a really bad song about people what like making fun of people yes so this fifth grader taught me this song and i think i kind of didn't really comprehend how bad it was oh they made a song making fun of another student no just like fat people oh just fat, fat people pe so you're fat just like charlie oh, no, and wizzik fat shaming no, people i don't think i understood <laughs> how bad the song was. Do you remember the song? No, I don't. Aww. I probably wanted to put it out of my mind because I was so ashamed. And I told like two other friends and then they told the teacher on me. So I had to go in the hallway and have a discussion and I felt bad about it. I don't think I fully realized. But I feel like that's kind of a struggle for kids. Yeah, no, it totally is. When you, you know, want to push the boundaries yeah. and see what you can get away with. But, but apparently oh you my always gosh. just felt guilty immediately. Oh, of course I did. 
I don't remember doing anything particularly awful, but I didn't really think peeking at my Christmas presents was awful, but oh. apparently it is. Well, maybe, I don't know. It was for me. I just, mm. for me, I could empathize with my mother. Like, oh my gosh, she's spent all this time and money, like really thoughtful gifts. I mean, and I as just, long as you my don't, mom loved surprising me. I just pretended I was surprised the next day. <laughs> I didn't I even. Can't. I couldn't pretend. Oh. I couldn't pretend. Apparently, I'm bad. <laughs> Me and Bindi no, just hanging out together, no, being delinquents. No, I I'll go be BFFs just, with Keith. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think I I think it's typical of, of kids. Uh, so yes, we have Bindi running home now, a delinquent, yep. running from the law. Yep, she's got all that candy she stole, and she runs straight up into her room and finds the twig again. Yep, but this time she picks it up. And the thorns stick into her skin, kind of the same way that the necklace is. Yep. And I guess she's thinking about wanting more candy bars. Yeah, because she immediately, when she goes oh, yeah, upstairs, right. she, she immediately starts eating it. She's like, she's look like, at all wait. this candy. <laughs> she, no guilt. She's just like, let's eat this candy. But, oh, wait, I can't eat it all because then it'll be gone. And then she takes the twig. And for some reason, as soon as she picks it up, she knows what to, to do use, with it. Yeah, to use it as yeah. a wand, yep. tap her little Heath bar, yep. and pow, she's got two Heath bars. She goes insane and makes like 100 candy bars. <laughs> like, seriously. And she's like, just where like... Gonna, where are you going to put all those girls? I, I really don't you, know. How are you going to explain that to mom and yeah. dad? But then she decides to try it with her toys. See if she can make more toys. I don't know why you'd want duplicates of the same toys you already have. I don't either. That, that doesn't make Unless, a lot of sense. I mean, is it? Yeah, it would have to be no, duplicates. No, I mean, it said duplicates. But, right. But, I mean, it also mentions that, like, she stops when she uh, is doubling toys and she gets, like, a creepy baby doll <laughs> with glowing eyes staring at her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she's just, like, goes mad with power and is, like, making more toys. And then she gets a creepy baby doll with glowing eyes and she's like, whoa, wait. Oh, yeah. And then she's frightened. Yeah, but, of course, they never mention that again. Like they, but but at this point, it kind of like shakes her out of what she's yes. doing, and she tries I'm to get rid of. There's more to it than that, though. I don't think so. I know there isn't, there but isn't. I just I was like, is that the queen watching her? Like I really wanted to know. Oh. They, they never go into detail. Oh yeah, about she it. throws the doll on the bed, yeah. and its eyes don't close. Yeah, right. Maybe maybe I'm reading. It's probably no. It. It's probably a reference to the queen. Yeah, because the eyes are glowing. Yeah. <laughs> but they never explain it. No. But that is what shakes her out of it. And she's like, whoa, what's going on? I'm scared. Um, and she tries to toss the twig, but it's sticking in her. Yep, she can't remove the necklace, necklace either. Uh, she tries to remove the necklace. She tries to drop the twig. She can't do it. So she starts screaming for her mom. Yes. And this is this is actually a really sad part. I found yeah. this very sad. Yeah, because her mom is. can't get to her quick enough because yeah. she has her the, injured leg. Yeah, it's true. And by the time she gets up to the door, I... I don't know. Has Bindi stopped screaming at that point? Yeah, she's... Well, I think she says that Bindi is not screaming words anymore. She's just screaming. screaming. Which, you know, I would be in a panic. I felt oh, yeah. like I felt like Jan was pretty calm, all things <laughs> oh, considered. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, they don't make mention of her, like, panicking. But if my kid was just, like, screaming, oh, yeah. I'd oh. be, like, freaking the fuck out. I'm trying to think of... Um, I haven't had too many times with my daughter where she's been like when she was younger and she was crying i know it has happened because i remember sitting in the hallway and just feeling like i can't do anything at this point yeah. as far as like what she needs me to do um but that's a totally different thing it's not like she's trapped under toys no i would be busting down that door well that's what charlie does yes 
because he's good for something. He is. He broke the door, and an avalanche of toys comes out, and they. This reminds me of the <laughs> trash from the Forbidden no. Game. Oh my god! I hate to keep referencing the book no. that we just read, but but that's what it is because they have to Summer's dig Nightmare. through. It's just like Summer's Nightmare, except instead of gross trash, it's just toys. Which is a little bit better, but then she's. Yeah. But the author does mention like they're getting bruised and beaten yeah. up by these by because these toys, like, like games and yeah. yeah. So they have to like dig Flying their dolls. way in. Uh, but like as Charlie is digging, Jan decides that she's gonna go call the fairies for help, mm-hmm. even though they haven't seen him in a while. So and so chapter six is called the Tyrant Queen. We finally meet her. Yes, it's kind of exciting. When she runs outside to the garden, the entire garden's dead. Right. Which is ominous. Mm-hmm. Jan realizes immediately that, you know, hey, this is the fairy queen. This is what's happening. The revenge for, you know, freeing Tiki or whatever. Oh, yeah. She's been biding her time for eight years. <laughs> and right. now revenge. Though so Jan uh, kind of just, like, asks the queen to stop. She just yells out into the void. She's like, hey, you, queen. That's enough. That's enough. Stop doing this. And uh, the queen appears. That's right. And she's on a throne made of wasps. Which is kind of freaking awesome. It, it is. It sounds pretty terrifying. As, as small as she is. Are you speaking to me? Jan turned to look, and there she was. Jan knew at once that this was the queen. She was sitting level with Jan's face on a strange brown throne. It took Jan a second to realize it was made entirely of wasps piled on top of one another, and that it stood on a, and that it stood on a tall wasp tower. The queen was bigger than Tiki. She was about the size of Jan's middle finger. She wore a long dress, the colors of oil when it's floating on water. Every color there is, glinting and gleaming and ever-changing. She wore a glistening crown of wasp stings. But it was her wings that fascinated Jan. They were enormous for her size, as dark and gleaming as polished metal with shaped edges and long, sharp points. They moved slowly like a butterfly's wings when it's resting. Sometimes they were behind her, but sometimes they opened out on each side of her. When they did that, Jan could see a pattern on them, like two big, cold eyes. It was these eyes Jan looked at, not the queen's real tiny eyes. When those false eyes were on her, Jan felt frozen. She couldn't speak or move. It's really cool, and the drawing that they have to accompany it is kind of terrifying. It is. I love the angle of it, too, because she's... Yeah, it's like looking up at her, because she makes her kneel down. Right. The queen, the tiny little fairy queen is like, you, Jan, don't be looking down on me. You kneel, so you're looking kneel up at me. Kneel when you speak to me. Right, so that's what she does. And uh, and I love that they've drawn the eyes on her wings yeah. as like these angry, they like are, they're yeah. tilted down in this angry eye type of thing. It's, it's really, really cool. cool. And I'd forgotten that her crown were, were uh, wasp stings. Yeah. Ooh. Anybody that like loves wasps is, wasps is not someone to be trusted. No, I'm like, how can, like, she looks like a villain. Yeah. How do you not know? How did she get into power? We need to know There's this. There's another prequel. I just want to know. <laughs> we'll write that one too. Okay, we'll just write prequels to all these books that mm-hmm. we have read. Um, well, the queen basically tells Jan that she made Bindi a lazy liar child and, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, she's, she's like, like, not my daughter. Yeah. Let she, me tell you, all the kids... All of the kids that I've caught shoplifting in my retail career, their parents do not believe me. Their parents did not, every single one of them, their parents did not believe when I told them, uh, you need to come and get your kid because I just got them shoplifting. It was kind of a terrible thing for me. It was a hard thing to do. Dude, every- I don't think, I think I'd be like, yeah, your kid, raise them better. I don't know. Like, I mean, but you were saying that you feel like every kid goes through this kind of like period. I mean, I never stole anything. But- I never did either. 
I I know I knew a lot of people that did, and so I feel like it is kind of like a phase that a lot of kids go through. Yeah, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to grow up to be no, horrible children. No, but they're just kind of testing <gasps> the limits of yeah. life, I guess. She's a lazy thief. Yep, she's a lazy thief. Uh, Jan fights back though and tells you know the queen that you know her subjects hate her and uh, don't respect her, and you know the queen's getting gets enraged by this and threatens to punish Jan. How can she punish her? Well, what she, can she puni- really do. She punishes her by making Tiki appear. And oh, that's where she gets her. Yep, and Tiki's all starved and bedraggled. Oh, it's so sad. And that's how that chapter ends, with the appearance of starved and bedraggled Tiki. Chapter 7's called The Magic Rings. Tiki's determined not to let Jan know, uh, like, how bad off she is. She's oh, like, yeah, no, she plays fine. it off. Yeah, she plays it off. Tiki's but... kind of awesome. But uh, she she starts by saying she's only this way because it's winter. But Jan's like, uh, it's summer. Uh, Actually. Bindi just had a birthday. And so Tiki's like, oh, I should have made her a present. And the queen's like, oh, so you've been giving presents. <laughs> so I guess she didn't know about the presents. No, she didn't. But uh, the queen's pissed and makes Wizzik appear, who is just as bedraggled. Um, it's when, so sad. It is sad because as soon as Wizzik sees Tiki, he, they, he like runs into her arms and like the queen's all pissed because she's like, you guys aren't allowed to love each other. Only me. You're only supposed to love me. <laughs> yeah. One of the ways that you can kind of tell that their power has been zapped, their magic has been zapped, is that their color has been yeah. gone from them. So yeah. Wizzik is now like a pale green yeah. and um, Tiki's hair color is like a really pale pink yeah. rather than a bright pink. Yep. Uh, so they're, they've been, you know, I'm assuming they're in, they've been in wasp nests. And Who they, knows what she's been doing to them. I'm, I'm surprised that she didn't touch on that. Uh, I'm assuming it's the same and that's why they didn't she just, really just Her method it. of torture is yeah. just always the wasp nest. I think so. How unimaginative. Well, she can't get crazier than that. That's just what she's into. She's into wasps because <laughs> she's crazy. Well, the queen brings Bindi out now. Uh, and. Which I couldn't tell. So is she like saying that she's going to kill Bindi? Like, why does she bring Bindi out? I don't know. That was that was a part that I She's just like, I'm going to bring your daughter now. And, and Jan's like, no! So I think it's assumed that something's going to happen to her daughter. Okay. Well, I she guess doesn't like, say she what. doesn't want fairy children to exist. So. Right. Bindi hugs her mom. And as she does, Jan notices over her shoulder that there's some color coming back into Tiki's hair. Yes. And, so, and that she's doing... She's like whispering a word... Mm-hmm. over and over and Jan realizes that she's whispering the word hair the queen is like prepared to <laughs> you know murder them all um, but as she's like talking Jan kind of catches on to Tiki's plans and wait cried Jan a strange crazy idea had begun to form in her mind don't you don't you have any civilized customs the queen's arm dropped what are you talking about she asked coldly before they die can't they make a last request "'So you think my fairy realm is not civilized?' said the queen. "'We are far more civilized than humans.' She, she turned to Tiki and Widgick. "'You may have one last request, both of you, before you are stung to dust.' "'I want... I want a hair off Bindi's head,' whispered Tiki, and she looked at Widgick and nodded at him. He looked quite puzzled, but he said, "'That's what I want, too.' And Jan knew that her crazy idea was right. "'That's not much to ask,' she said. "'I'm sure your queen won't refuse.' I'll pluck out the hairs myself. And she bent over Bindi, fumbling with her hair. Ow! cried Bindi, and a second later, Ow! again. Then Jan wrapped each hair quickly round her fingertip till it made a ring, and had one and handed one ring to Tiki and one to Widgick. 
Let me look at those hairs, the queen said suddenly in a suspicious tone. They are not the same color as... But it was too late. Clinging to the ring of blue hair, Tiki cried out in her piercing little voice. Tilly-Diki, Tilly-Diki! And Widgick, suddenly understanding, waved his blue hair ring in the air and shouted the same word. That's the end of that chapter. That's how we're going to take her down. They are going to take her down with some blue hair. I guess I'm guessing that that's something that's unknown to fairies because as soon as the queen sees that it's not like a regular hair, she's like, wait a minute. But So if they plucked like a purple hair off of some punk walking around the streets of London, they would. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I honestly don't know where that came from because don't you think that like Tiki would have mentioned like, hey, if I give your kid blue hair, it's going to be magic. And then maybe Charlie would have been down. Uh, no, he wouldn't. Yeah, because he, he doesn't want anything out of no. the ordinary. Goodness me! Do you me. think she would have mentioned that at least? Yeah. You, why? Why is just blue hair when do we, magic? Well, when did we find out that it's magic? Did we already find out it was magic? Uh, I mean, you kind of already know, but then they in the next chapter, chapter eight is called the Great Gathering. That's when they describe exactly what happens with the hair. Yes. I think it's pretty obvious at this point that it is magic. Yes. Because Tiki and Wishik use her hair kind of like lassos, and they like. Pull the queen off her throne. Yep, and she falls to the ground. Yes. She's not dead, but her wings are broken, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. Charlie comes outside now. Tiki instructs the three humans to use Bindi's magic blue hairs to see something amazing. Oh, yeah. So, okay, here's my question with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if the hair is growing out of your body, yeah. wouldn't you be able to see things anyway? Yeah, she wouldn't have to, like, pull put it, it out. And pull put it, it on out like a ring. It. Yeah. That's what Maybe I it has to be a ring. They never... Oh, okay. I like that idea. Yeah. That it has to be a ring. I th- I'm but thinking still. that's probably it. Because they all have to make it into a ring. Maybe you have to remove it from the human head in order for it to be... Magic? Magic. To initiate the magic. Because if it's attached to just a regular, ordinary, fat human head... Oh, uh, yeah. So then it doesn't count. I don't know. I think it probably has something to do with making it into a ring because they, they all did that. And that's how they get to see the amazing thing the great gathering of gnomes and elves and fairies they all came to witness the end of the evil queen which i i guess a lot of people really didn't like her they seem to be okay with her how would how would anyone like (laughs) that i mean i mean she's obviously not nice to anybody doesn't let them love no only her we also find out that you know like she's the one that forced the like egg baby thing on them so now they can, like, have babies by other means. I don't remember if they say how, but... No, like, they don't. I'm sure they don't, because she doesn't even talk about it. No, but they do say that, like, that was the reason and, you know, why they had to do the egg thing. Because the queen made it so she decided when you so, can have a baby egg. Okay, so if they weren't allowed to love and make babies themselves, and the babies came from her, are all of, like, fairy children, like, all fairy babies part of her? Is it kind of like a wasp like that? Like the queen, the queen wasp, all of her, like all, Shoot, probably. all the babies are the off, her offspring? Probably. Oh my That's gosh. probably where, yeah. where they got this from. I didn't even think about that, but you're probably right. Ew. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they bring, they bring the queen down. Yep. The uh, grandmaster elf shows up. He talks about how, you know, they've got to have to find a new ruler and, you know. He uh, nominates himself. Nominates himself and they vote in favor. So I think he would make a good leader. Uh, we don't know anything about him. So he seems a little bit more level-headed. Well, he did help Tiki when she asked. Yes. So there's that. Um, and he knew about what happened. But we don't really know anything about him. Let's hope he's he's a better ruler. Well, Bindi asks what's going to happen to the queen. Because she's a kind, caring eight-year-old. Yep. Not uh, a lazy, thief, greedy liar or right. anything. <laughs> Grandmaster Elf says that the queen could do no harm as long as the blue hair rings are still touching her. But her wings are broken and she can't fly, so Charlie offers to 
fix them by making tiny little fairy well, splints. Well, he did ask for all the people to vote. So all of the fairies and elves got to vote whether right. or not they wanted to save her. And about two-thirds of them said yes. Yeah. So, so a lot of them were like, nah, let her but, but Yeah. <laughs> but only if she were sent far away and never to return. That's I don't the know only how they're, they're going to enforce that. I don't either. But, but that's but, what happens. But the Grandmaster Elf did mention, I think he did, or maybe Tiki did, that the magic hair rings cling to her skin like yeah. the necklace of Bendy. So she yeah, can't, so she take can't them remove off. them. Yeah, so as long as she has them on, I guess. So why gonna... didn't anybody try to take her down before? Then? I have no idea. It seems pretty so easy, simple. right? If two bedraggled, starved, barely magic <laughs> fairies could do it. Because they didn't have the fairy child hair, I guess? That's right, because her magic is greater than yeah. fairy magic for some odd reason. Which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Other it, than to give little girls that are reading this story the hope, <laughs> hope that they could be fairy magic children one day. The other fairies leave and Tiki and Wizzik stay behind. And uh, Tiki explains a bit more about Bindi's magic hair. Uh Basically, she tells him that, you know, she can pluck them out to make magic, but that they'll never grow back. Right. And Once again, why did you wait till now to talk about this? I don't know. Wouldn't you tell her, like, on her fifth birthday, maybe? I don't, well, she didn't I come guess, back, remember? she We never saw Tiki after yeah, she was born. I guess that's why she waited. But I would feel like she would leave some sort of instructions before the baby was born. Or like, she would have mentioned see, it during the baby XYZ. making process. Like, during this baby making process, she had to have known that like magic hair was an option. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Now now Bindi has like fifteen magic hairs. Ooh, you gotta use those like very carefully. Pre- pretty much. And that's she warns Bindi not to use them for bad because apparently, you know, fairy magic when it goes bad, it goes real bad. Really bad. Like worse than black fairy magic yeah which 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 apparently they make mention that there are groups of like black fairies living somewhere yeah but they don't go into it. they don't go into it nope they're they're like wait are you trying to tell me that there's bad fairies living together and tiki and widget are like yeah we don't want to talk about that that's 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 another sequel (laughs) we're gonna write the the sequel (laughs) about black fairy magic and the prequel yeah we've got them all guys the fairies help clean up bindi's room yeah and then they go they leave Bindi goes up into her room and checks to make sure everything's back to normal, and that's when she notices that there's a rose-shaped box Yes, that has a rose necklace. Mm-hmm. So that's her gift from Tiki. That's her eighth birthday gift. Yep. The book pretty much ends that night. Bindi's laying in bed, and she's all excited about her magic hair, trying to decide what she wants to do with it. And then she gets an idea. She does. What, what does she do with her magic hair? She sneaks into her mother's room. And takes one of her hairs and places it on her injured foot mm-hmm. and kisses her foot. Yep. And then the gold necklace does a little dancing. Yeah. Which, okay, so I was kind of confused by this part. A little because bit. Because I'm going I'm to read a little passage. Sure. That's almost the end of the story. That part of it anyway. But I expect you want to know whether the gold rose necklace could make magic. Well, it could, though none of them realized it for quite a long time. The magic it could do started that very night. I wonder if you can guess what it is. I'll give you a hint. And so that's when the author kind of explains what Bindi does. She's yeah. going into her room. So I'm kind of like, okay, what? So was it the hair that did it or the necklace? I don't know. But if she's placing the hair on her foot and then the necklace dances, so there's so got to be some magic hair? in it. I don't know. I'm totally confused by this. I didn't even think about I I'm just totally, breezed past that. I'm totally confused mm-hmm. by this. And then she's talking about like, okay, you, you know, what, what she's going to use it for in the future. And I'm thinking, is she going to be like a healer? Like, is she going to use it to... I mean, I don't she know. She'd be that like that's her dad nec- and be like a doctor, but 
or maybe a nurse. Maybe he wants her to be a nurse and not a full-fledged doctor. She, she can't be smart enough to be a doctor. <laughs> His dad would never allow that. Uh, I really don't know. They don't really explain it. I guess we're just left to wonder what she's going to do. But yes, that's where it ends. Yeah, the last sentence is that the gold rose round her neck seemed to be dancing. The end. The end. So what did you think of this rereading as an adult? Um, I found it... I mean, obviously, rereading as an adult, I realized how simple it really was. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, of course, it's for like eight-year-olds or something. I, I think I had it read to me earlier than that. I must have been second grade. How old are you in second grade? Uh, are you eight? nine? Eight or nine? I oh, think. so I guess I was about eight. I was about Bindi's age. But yeah, it's. I mean, the obviously the language is really simple, and if you boil it down, not a ton happens. No. It's really very, like, straight and to the point. Every chapter was two things happen. (laughs) They're very short chapters. Very short. Yeah. And I thought it was, a lot of it was kind of like abrupt transitions, too. Yes. Because it's like, you know, I'm having this conversation with the fairy, and then the fairy leaves. End of chapter. And I'm like, okay. Next chapter. Next chapter. Yeah. You know, so that's, I guess that's just. It's a much younger reading level than something I've read in a really long time. But the ideas were nice. Mm-hmm. If they they could be more fleshed out. But, you know, once again, child book. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I think it's an inter- – I'm actually just thinking about this and I haven't thought about reading more on it. It's like the, the simple structures that your imagination can come up with when you're that young. And as you get older, it takes more. Because I remember, like, being enchanted by yes, this book. me too. And then now I'm reading it as an adult. I'm like, well, where's all that magic I remember? Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, yeah. you know, your brain's just, you don't, We're there's a lower level. Enough. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, that, I, they described it enough. I feel like I was a pretty imaginative child when I was younger anyway. But now as an adult, it takes so much more. Yeah. They, we need world and, building. Yes. We need some details. We want building. to know the the hierarchy of the royal family of fairies. <laughs> yes. We, we need to know. How long has she been in power? Yeah. How did she get there? Yeah. These are things that we would not think about as a kid. No. Definitely it's just not. like birthday presents, magical birthday presents. Are you going to read this to your kid? Absolutely, you I should. am. You should. Absolutely. You should because I think it's a good it's a good story for young girls. Oh yeah. But maybe explain that fat shaming's not cool. <laughs> maybe I'll just skip over those parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz they didn't really add anything to the story, adding adding no. in that they're fat like that doesn't add anything to the story. I mean, you know, chubby is a descriptive word. Sure, but why are they all chubby? <laughs> I don't know. It's just... I mean, the idea of like having Tiki be like a chubby fairy is kind of funny to me. Like, and I think that's fine. Yeah. Like, because you don't imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. She eats sweets and she's like kind of, you know, you get the feeling that she's not really like a hardworking kind of gal. No, she's fine. I, mean, I don't know what fairies do as jobs, but... She's she's definitely, I felt like she was not an ordinary fairy. She right. was definitely, I mean, she's wearing jeans. And so I'm fine with that, actually. But when they mention that Jan is chubby and that, like, you know, Bindi's chubby, I'm just kind of like, okay, let's quit with the chubs. Yeah. And then they didn't have to mention that Wijik thought she was too fat for her jeans. Like, <laughs> But then when she changed into a skirt, he said that the jeans were actually slimming. Yeah. So, <laughs> so cool. Thanks for your opinion, Wizik. We didn't ask you. I don't really need to know what you think about my jeans and whether or not I look fat in them. Yeah. Uh, annoying. But whatever. I just, that part could have been left out. But other than that, I thought that everything else was, it was totally enjoyable. It was. 
Yeah, for for a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a child. Let's add that on there. Yeah, I will def- I'm definitely going to read this to my kid. I think she'll enjoy it. So our next book. Let's talk about our next book. We got to talk about what we're reading next. So it's uh it's going to be December by the time this next episode is out, we hope. <laughs> so we're reading a Christmas-themed book, and it is The Sweet Valley Twins' Magic Christmas, which is one that I picked. And I loved this book. I haven't read it in a really long time, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to leave most of the details about what I felt about it for the next episode, but I will leave you with a synopsis so you can get excited When Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield's grandparents give them a pair of matching antique dolls for Christmas, they're a little surprised. Their grandparents should know that they're too old to play with dolls. Then the twins learn that the dolls are a family legacy from a past generation of twins. But that's not all that's special about the dolls. Before they know it, Jessica and Elizabeth are thrown into the most magical adventure of their lives, and along the way they learn what being twins and best friends really means. So do their, like souls or bodies get transported into the bodies of the dolls and then they have to like live in their house in doll form and like their parents are like where are our children is that what's gonna happen you're gonna have to wait and see i mean i've never read this book i've never read any of the sweet valley really at all so i read a lot of them and a lot of them have good memories for me but this is my favorite one I have, there are a lot of Sweet Valley books that I remember fondly, but this is the number one because I read Sweet Valley Twins, I read Sweet Valley High, I read Sweet Valley Kids even, like I read all of them. I was there into, was Sweet Valley Kids? Yeah. Oh it was gosh. for much younger and they weren't, I mean, they weren't very good because they're for like children. I don't even remember how old they're in, they are in that book, but whatever. This was my favorite one of all time. I've probably only read this book twice ever, so I'm looking forward to going back to it. The description on the back actually kind of makes it sound really lame, but I think... I don't know. Maybe it is lame. I guess we'll find out. If you want to read with us, you can't get this book in ebook format. I've looked. So, gonna have to buy it on Amazon. Is it available on Amazon? Yes. Okay, good. Is it like 60 something dollars? I mean, it's a used copy, so, but there are lots of places to get used books, so you can find it. So, that's the end of this episode. We will see you in December for our next Christmas themed book. Yay, Christmas. Yay, I Christmas. love it. Uh, Christmas is okay, (laughs) but I'm looking forward to reading this book. I'll wear a fancy Christmas sweater. That no one will see. It's okay. It's a podcast. (laughs) It's okay. Until next time, guys. See you later. Bye. To learn more about us and see what we're going to read next, visit our website at growingupbookish.com.